In that moment, not knowing is the first step towards truth for myself was I don't think I really know what's going on in this entire cosmic structure whatsoever. And that's the first step to wisdom is to realize I don't know crap. Best ever listeners, you ready to take your online advertising into the big leagues? Are you ready to get more leads? Well, how about we do all this for free? Yeah, sure. Free. Well, it starts out with a free strategy session with Dan Barrett. You recognize his name. Episode 565 titled Google AdWords and Cutting Edge Strategies. He's the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. That's why I'm talking about him. And he's managed over a million dollars of client spend and scored an 80th percentile for or higher for best practice. Basically, he knows his stuff. And he is offering a free strategy session for one hour to do a deep dive with you and learn about your market and collaboratively come up with an online advertising strategy based on your target audience. And he's offering to do this for the best ever listeners. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. I mentioned free. Well, the strategy session is free. And then you can either take the online advertising strategy that he comes up with on the call and go implement it yourself. There you go. It's free. Or you can have him and his agency do it for you. It's a turnkey solution. And by the way, that likely one that being free too, assuming that you're closing on the leads that he's generating for you as a result of all the efforts. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. He's got some amazing stuff. Ask him about the pre-targeting for direct mail lists that he does. It's something unique to their company and it's pretty exciting stuff. He's noticing some tremendous results as a result of doing pre-targeting. So ask him about that. AdWordsNerds.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluffy stuff. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, the author Rich Dad Poor Dad, a whole bunch of others. And I hope you're having a best ever weekend because it is Saturday. We're doing a special segment called Situation Saturday where our guest talks about a tough situation they were in and how they overcame it. With us today, Jeff Slater. How you doing, Jeff? It's good to be here. Good to be talking with the other real estate investors. So thank you, Joe. My pleasure and nice to have you on the show. And holy cow, do we have a tough situation that you were in. Jeff lost millions in real estate and he has bounced back stronger than ever. A little bit about him. He is the best-selling author, trainer, a speaker, and entrepreneur. He's built a multi-million dollar corporate training program working with Fortune 500 companies as a trusted advisor. He shared the stage with my man crush, Tony Robbins, Sir Richard Branson, with the aforementioned Robert Kiyosaki. And he was also the head trainer for Keller Williams, where he's trained thousands of real estate agents. With that being said, Jeff, really quick, will you give the best ever listeners? I know I said I wouldn't do this, but I do think there's some context that's needed. Just 60-second overview, your background, and what you're currently focused on. My background is in business. I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. My father was one of the original co-founders and first CEO of a company called Odesk, which is now one of the biggest in the world. So I grew up in Silicon Valley learning about how to take something from nothing and turn it into something. Then had to pay my own path, went out, invested in 
lots of real estate, millions of dollars in real estate, lost millions doing it, put myself back together around that and simultaneously speaking, training all over the world, writing books, best-selling author, giving back and made more mistakes than most people have in the last 10 years in their entire lives. I've made a lot of mistakes and I can't wait to share some of those mistakes so that people don't make them themselves and they can learn from Oh, I love hearing about mistakes because I have made so many and I have made million dollar mistakes myself. So let's talk about your story. Can you tell us a story of how you got into those real estate deals and just tell us a story about them? Well, I'll give you the first real estate deal I ever did, which was a little tiny pink house, really ugly little thing that I didn't have really the cash for. I had a job. I was in my early 20s and I went out. I realized that the comparables of the house, it was about 160000 I could buy it for. I could probably turn it around and sell it for about two hundred and twenty with some fix-up work. But I didn't have the cash to buy it, but I found it when I was doing research online at my job because I wanted to leave my job. And then I went out, asked my father for some money, for some cash to buy the house. He said no. And then I had to go pay my own way. So I started calling people to raise money and then finally raised enough money after about 10 no's and got the money together, turned around, flipped the house, made $30,000, $40,000. And that kind of began my real estate career. And then, of course, while fixing up the house, somebody broke in, put a bunch of feces on the wall. It was one of those neighborhoods where if a gunshot didn't go off that day, it was a good day. But that was my first experience in real estate. And then, of course, fast forward later, did lots of those deals, left my job, and began in the real estate world while simultaneously, in the background, doing all kinds of work on myself as far as personal development, coaching, training, facilitating in the background. And that's the real estate context. (laughs) Yeah, and how dare they put feces on the wall of a pink house? It's a pink house that's nice and cute, and then they go and mess it up with poop and everything else. You started out strong, made thirty dollars to $40,000 on your first fix and flip. Congratulations. And surely every single deal from then until now has gone just as perfectly as that one, right? I think – a lot of feces on the wall in the beginning. Um, I had one of them was burned down. I mean, and there was just so many lessons along the way. And I'm really glad that the first one, even though I made money, was hard because it showed me that there will be challenges and it's how we face the adversity that matters most. But then fast forward, by the time I was about 27, I had amassed millions in real estate. When did you start? At what age? 21 was my first property. About okay, 21. 21 years old. In the first house, you made thirty to forty thousand. You must have been making much larger chunks after that to amass millions and millions. So, how did you get to that point? First, I combined a lot of consulting in the area. So, I was doing consulting in the real estate. I, I was a broker as well. So, started negotiating large contracts with developers to buy big blocks of property, and then I would get commissions on those as well. What was the largest commission you made in those years? Man, I'm trying to think. It's been so long. It was definitely over six figures. So you made a million dollar commission? No, no, no. That's seven. Okay. So more than $100,000. Mid six figures. But it was incredible along the way because I was doing consulting plus simultaneously investing some of those dollars. So I was doing a combo. But really the biggest mistake I made was I was doing kind of more base hits at the beginning, which was being very smart and slow and doing that. And then there was this development project in Florida right around the time everything took a dump. It was supposed to be a sure thing. And I invested a lot in that thing. And literally the developer, the banks pulled the loan on the developer and then the price wasn't fixed. So it was trying to go from a three-star to a five-star and then ultimately couldn't finish the project, got left holding the bag with 
a lot of a big overheads, but we couldn't rent the properties out at all because they were not fixed up. And then basically that's where I got smashed and it was really hard. And I actually was almost brought to the point of just wanting to kill myself. It was just the worst experience ever. And I learned in that lesson that building wealth, doing base hits, I tried to go for like a home run. And whenever we go for a home run is when it's messy. And if I would have just stuck to base hit, base hit, base hit, base hit, I probably would not have lost that money. But then I kind of lost my dream in that moment. I got more of my destiny, as Tony Robbins would say, because then I was asked to come speak about money about a week later after those losses happened. And then he said, hey, come back next week and you're going to be the guy that he speaks on transformation. And then all of a sudden, he just kept inviting me back. And then that led me to speaking all over the world, fast forward years later, and simultaneously, of course, getting back into some of the real estate game and other investments and business opportunities. And that's kind of, that's how it ended and began for me. You mentioned it's about doing base hits. Don't go for home runs. Some people might say they had a crystal ball and perhaps a few did, but most people didn't have a crystal ball. So it is reasonable to invest in a development project. And I wouldn't personally consider that going for a home run unless you put the majority of your money into one deal and it was a development project. Is that what you did? That's exactly what happened. I put a big portion of my money and risk into that and that's what happened. Got it. And yeah, it was just what I've learned is over the years, I mean, I was in my early 20s and when you think you're successful, you're kind of on your way down. And I thought I was successful and I was on my way down without knowing it. And I wasn't willing to look at, it's a degree you can accept things going wrong is a degree you can accept things going right. And I don't think I fully swallowed the pill of if this goes wrong, what will happen at that level? And it was detrimental. It didn't just affect me, it affected others as well. It was a horrible experience. But now it's those times in life where you get kind of smashed that you just get stronger. So I'm grateful for it and I hopefully it never happens again. With the development project, how much money did you put into it? Over a million in cash. In cash. Did you bring anyone else you knew into the deal? Like, hey, I'm putting in over a million bucks. You should get in on this too? I did, actually. And someone were close friends of mine. Mm. It was really hard. In fact, that was one of the biggest things is having to face people Yep. as well. And not only that, but when you put over a million dollars, you put your assets on a line to securitize things. So your leverage, right? Mm-hmm. Was really hurt it, but the worst part was there were friends because they trusted me, and I did my best, you know, to come back and have to say, "Look, guys, this is a mess." What ended up happening was the developers, the people that did it. I think they're still there's some things happening right now, but it's pretty messy. Mm -hmm. And uh, but going back and and it reminded me of the willingness to have fierce, direct, tough conversations is proportional to how much success you'll have later in life or in life. And I had to have some pretty tough conversations, which this day break my heart. And I appreciate you sharing this and being vulnerable and talking about this because this is something that is necessary for people to hear and to hear how you bounce back from it. And then also hear what it was like when you're in the middle of it, because there might be some best ever listeners who are going through this, perhaps not on the same scale or perhaps larger. I don't know. It could be larger. We don't know. So I'd love to learn a little bit more about your conversations, the psychology that you had when you found out that the deal wasn't working and you brought in some people you knew, what's that conversation like? How do you approach it? Well, oh man, this is quite emotional because even to this day, 
I still at times think about it and it's really hard and it hurts. And not necessarily the money, it's just the impact on my psyche and the people around me. So when I started finding out about it, I actually really wanted to kill myself. And I remember sitting on the floor with a knife in my hand going, oh, well, this sucks because I've worked for so many years. And, you know, to be worth millions at 27 and work that hard to get there, plus Mm -hmm. in the background doing all kinds of real estate seminars and learning everything I can about positive thinking and reading Mm -hmm. books, I didn't make any sense that that could happen. It was like, how could this happen? I've worked so hard. I've read every stupid book on real estate, blah, blah, blah. Right? And, <laughs> yep. and how'd this happen? That really made me want to like slip my wrist in that moment. And I didn't. And you know what was interesting? I was sitting there going to, obviously going to do it. And one of these first books I ever read, which was by Paramahansa Yogananda, Autobiography of a Yogi. And one of the things he said in the book is, killing yourself is a waste of time because you'll just literally have to come back and deal with it again. So I started searching for the lesson in that oh. moment. I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to do it. So I started searching for the lesson and all that. And the lesson was to really be grateful for everything I have and the small stuff too, because I think what was happening was I was getting caught up in the game itself. And I realized I'm not the game. And then the game was playing me versus me playing the game. So then I had to go back to my original premise of who I was as a human being beyond the cultural programming and beyond the opinions of others. And when I stripped away the original, all that programming, I realized that as a human being with a, then, then I can invent my life from that standpoint, not what everyone else says I should be. And I bought a flip chart. I put a flip chart in my living room and I started writing down everything that I love in my life. And I do love real estate and I love investing. And I love really more importantly, why I even get into real estate in the first place was for freedom, freedom of expression, freedom of sovereignty. So people can live a life where they're no longer in the shackles of these mainstream cultural programming that actually goes on. And we can design a life that we love. And so what I did was I wrote down everything I love. And then that's the next day is when I got invited to a training and I was asked to speak. And I think it began there. And I got to share these stories. So the psychology was deep regret, deep confusion, a sense of completely not knowing anything. And I will share that in that moment, not knowing is the first step towards truth for myself was I don't think I really know what's going on in this entire cosmic structure whatsoever. And that's the first step to wisdom is to realize I don't know crap. Then I realized that maybe I can start to learn some new things that exist in wisdom. And then my life kind of started to unfold from there. So the psychology was, I don't know anything. I'm here to learn and let's continue learning. I'm not going to kill myself because I come back and deal with it anyway. What's the lesson here? And persistence, 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 persistence. And that's what happened. When you got asked to speak and you're in the middle of the storm, you obviously have insights to share, but at the time, but you might not think you do because you just lost over a million bucks. It was actually like, yes, I lost millions, but then to see the thing is, is there was there was leverage. That was the problem. Just real quick clarification on that. Leverage meaning that you had signed and guaranteed it. And so they're also going after house and personal stuff. It's exactly. So it's like you put a million dollars in your leverage and then you sign your stuff. You get it? Mm-hmm. It's messy. Yeah, yeah. It's recourse. Yeah, recourse. Exactly. That's actually right. what was hard. But yeah, in that moment, I'm asked to speak in front of a room and they're like, hey, can you talk about, and this woman, we're talking about money. And issues with money, and I'm like, I got bigger issues with money than you right now, and you want me to be the expert. So I just was like, I just became transparent. I was like, I don't know, but I know I lost more money than everyone in the room. So I guess I, that <laughs> made me qualified. But it, but there's so many beautiful lessons from that. 
is I was willing to talk about it and share. And also the best advice that I gave her was I had no advice for her. And she had an answers within herself. And this particular person I was working with in front of the room, she was really afraid to ask for what she wanted and ask for the amount of money she wanted. And then when she realized she's been doing that her whole life, she found her own conclusion when I just listened. Then she realized that she didn't ask for, let's say she, the example was she wanted to get $10,000 in a particular deal, and she only asked for seven. And when she realized she does that everywhere in her life, she realized how much that costs her, mm-hmm. not just cost her financially, but cost her psyche. And I find that most people in their whole lives, they don't ask for what they want in their lives, in their deals, in their negotiations, in life in general. And if they start asking for what they want, they start getting, having more of a chance of getting what they want. There's kind of a saying that says, if you ask for twice as much in life, you just might get it. And the second thing is giving and receiving are almost are the same. It's easy to give. It's receiving that can be a challenge. Yep, I agree. I get a lot more when I give than when I actually receive. Yeah, and being comfortable with receiving is just as important as being comfortable with giving. That's so true, and that's, that's, a, that's a great one. Do you still go back to a flip chart every now and then and write down things that you love in your life? I go to a journal, and every morning I journal, and I do the following things. I write down my vision. It's similar every day, but there's a slight different flavor I've noticed. I've been doing it for a while. My vision at the top for life. So I meditate for 30 minutes, then write my vision down. And then I write, who do I need to become to get this vision? And then I write, what do I need to believe to get this? And then I write, what are my blocks? I identify my blocks. And then I write, what aligned actions do I need to take today? And I let the answers come through me. And uh, I notice that seems to unfold quite nicely when doing that every day. And I ask myself in every single moment, is this aligned? For example, being on this show with you is aligned with my calling. What I'm here to do is to support the awakening of the high-performing entrepreneurs out there to realize that we are more than the game itself. While it's important to invest in real estate, important to do it, why are we doing it in the first place? And keeping that core knowledge in place. I'm just so grateful that you're on the show and that you felt comfortable enough to share your story with the best ever listeners. Is there anything that we haven't talked about as it relates to how you've bounced back from losing millions, your thought process, what you implement now that you've gone through that, that you want to talk about or mention? I have this group called the Entrepreneur Elders Group, and we go to the jungles of Peru. We go spend time with indigenous people, and some really, really wealthy people are in this. And they're just business owners, and they're here to make a difference. I don't feel like I fit in the category anymore of just let's go make some money business, and I don't fit in the category of sitting and meditating and playing a float. I don't know where I fit anymore, except for there's this new breed of entrepreneurs out there, which are the change makers. And the biggest distinction I got was I used to want to build a business or do what I'm here to do to change the world. And now what I feel like is going on is the world is changing us. So if we can reconnect to our true nature as human beings, we can feel the world changing us right now. And as the world changes us, we realize that we are not just doing real estate to build assets. We're building real estate and doing real estate to channel and steward money towards incredible projects that could potentially help support the world changing us so that we can have a human family in the future. Now, that might sound a little hippie, but... But I've learned in these jungles of Peru and other places of the world with the quote, some of the wealthiest people in the world, their egos are being smashed to discover what's beyond that. And what's beyond that is these relentless 
game-changing people out there. This is why I'm grateful to be on your show. It's the game-changers out there, the ones that are disruptive in a practical way. We're the ones that will shift this world. So I guess what I'm saying is thank you for everyone's work they do do in real estate and remember what you're in it for because it's not just about money. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. And thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being on the show. Where can the best ever listeners who want to talk to you and get in touch with you or learn more about what you got going on, where can they go? They can go to Jeffrey, that's J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, Slater, S-L-A-Y-T-E-R. And on that website, you know, there's all kinds of free resources on acquisitions of companies and interesting stuff these people will like. And while real estate's important and a great investment tool, investing in companies is another game itself. So mm -hmm. go there. There's plenty of stuff and documentaries and things like that. So thank you, Joe. Well, thank you for being on the show, talking to us about how you initially started right out of the gate very quickly and then learned some hard lessons, to put it lightly, along the way. How your thought process when you're in despair, one is you're going to have to deal with it eventually, so might as well deal with it now. Two is search for the lesson, and the lesson is to be grateful for all you had. And you even, as you said, bought a flip chart and you wrote down everything you loved in your life. And you now continue to do that, although not in the flip chart form, in the form of the journal and walked us through your vision and the different questions that you ask yourself to prime yourself every day. And then your overarching thought process of this is more than a game itself. It's investing in people and how kind of interconnecting all of us. So thanks so much for being on the show. Really refreshing conversation. Hope you have a best ever weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Joe. Got your free strategy session to generate online leads yet? Well, if not, go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Dan Barrett's gonna give you a concrete online advertising strategy by the end of the conversation. You can choose to implement it yourself or you can work with this team and they'll implement it for you adwordsnerds.com forward slash Joe. Are you ready to transition your investing from a hobby into a business that has consistent deal flow? The Investor Success Mastermind and Coaching Program can help you accelerate your growth. Find out more at investorsuccessmastermind.com. That's investorsuccessmastermind.com.